Christians are supposed to be Christ-like, just as the name implied from when it was originally used in the first century, right up to our own postmodern world today. It's as simple as WWJD, right? Wrong. Join our show host, teacher, servant leader, and fellow traveler as we journey together in learning how lives daily renewed by God's grace and power can embrace Christian living that counts and makes a difference in a broken world. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled The Gospel of the God of Existence. And joining me is author, Althamus Joseph De La Husse. Welcome, sir, to the program. Uh, thank you. This is uh, a short read. Well, I won't say a short read. It's 178 pages. Uh, share a little with my listeners your background and, and how you came to write this book. This is a little unusual, at least uh, when, you, when you delve into the contents. So, so share a little of your background and how you uh, decided to write this. Well, I was investigating religions. I, I got into... Uh a religion called the Baha'i Faith, and I started uh, delving into spirituality and what the purpose of existence was all about. And I got into what some people call the vocal realm, and I started hearing a voice that uh, really dictated the whole book to me. Mm. I can't say that it's my book. I, I believe the Holy Spirit dictated the book to me, and it was meant for all people, it gives a purpose of existence, which is really to seek out your Creator, and uh, your Creator will tell you what your purpose is for being here, and it's mainly to acquire uh, spiritual virtues and spiritual qualities and characteristics and to grow more and more and more in the image and likeness of the Creator by acquiring more virtue and more uh, spiritual qualities. Would you describe that journey or what you have uh, just talked about as uh, as uh, becoming a better person, obviously? I mean, that's cer- certainly the purpose of religion in general. Would you say that your book encourages and gives step-by-step on how to, how to achieve that? It gives some indications uh, about how to become uh, a spiritual person. Uh, it's uh, like independent investigation. Do it for yourself. Don't rely on somebody else to tell you what the purpose of existence is, but uh, do it yourself. And there's some hints, not hints, but some uh, examples in in the gospel of the God of existence for that. It's 178 pages. How long did it uh, take to complete, sir? You know, that's a good question. I I really didn't look back on that and and, uh, think about how long it took me, but I'd say uh, maybe a good uh, six months or so, because... The voice was a powerful voice, and it it uh, it drained me. You know, it was mm. uh, tiring to listen to that voice, but I listened to it and I typed out what it said. Yes, and since we are in a Judeo-Christian environment, generally in the United States, uh, you have perhaps mentioned some things that are not typical. Uh, with people's understanding. You have, in Chapter 2, the validity of all religions. You say that uh, although... Uh, the thought of false polytheism isn't even any false religion at all. And in part of this, you mention or or say that uh, Jesus, who was uh, called the Christ, actually visited India and talked to uh, some of the religious um, founders there. Is that uh, also clear? Is that correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. This was after Jesus was raised from the so-called deceased condition. He visited India and and taught some of the uh, Indian uh, gurus uh, what the purpose of existence was and and uh, other things. You mentioned, in at least in your thoughts and in your, your sharing your uh, journey, that uh, Jesus the Creator even spoke through Buddha, uh, spoke through Krishna, and spoke through Abraham, spoke Moses, Muhammad. Does it approach all religious thought and uh, religious uh, journey as uh, as equal. I mean, how do, how do you describe that? They're not all equal, but they all come from the Creator, and the Creator reveals Himself uh, progressively, uh, giving more of Himself to humanity as time goes on. The time for uh, monotheism is now, 
polytheism was was true because the god of existence was all of the gods in the polytheistic religion but that was like the uh say the the, the baby condition or the child condition of humanity at that time now we're more evolved and we're a little more mature hopefully uh and we can accept that there's one god and he's the one who revealed all the religions you have some interesting chapter headings. Chapter 49 and 50 are unique in that uh, chapter 49 is the Bible as a whole. You discuss that, and then you discuss the the Quran as a whole. Anything that is comparative between those two, uh, how, do you, how do you view them in your book? Well, the Quran, uh, I believe, is, has, was revealed to Muhammad through the angel Gabriel, and the angel Gabriel was God as the angel Gabriel. All of the angels are really God, uh, being the angels and the Holy Quran. The Quran acknowledges uh, Jesus the Christ as being as being a prophet, and even Jesus himself said, "I am a prophet and more than a prophet." Uh, the Holy Quran even says that Jesus didn't die on the cross. But in, in the Gospel of the God of Existence, I acknowledge Jesus, the Creator, as being the one who spoke through Jesus, the human being. So the Jesus, the Creator, I believe is the real prophet, and he's the prophet in all of the religions. The Creator is, and he uses a human being that he speaks through, and he uses the same name as that person, but he's Jesus, the Creator. So, do you have others in your, uh, I guess, in your friendship, in your sphere of influence that uh, feel the same way you do, or is this something that may be a little unique to you? As far as I know, it's a little unique to me. I, I don't know of anyone else who has that similar belief. The book also talks about the different kinds of love, and and uh, in the Judeo-Christian in, in its tradition, the agape love is one that is well known or talked about. Are there other kinds of love that you have uh, shared insight into in your book? Well, but uh, most of the love spring from the agape love, which is the love of the Creator for Himself, and the love of the Creator for Himself uh, evolves into the love of Him, His creation, also, and other types of love. They're all uh, kind of emanations of the agape love. You have also dealt with some other topics that may be social in its origin or socially focused, such as homelessness, uh, prejudice, even smoking, which I found was an interesting uh, topic in one of your chapters. How would you describe your chapter on smoking, I guess, is the better way to, to, to ask that? Well, it describes uh, smoking as a, as a filthy habit, which uh, we should get rid of. I myself had that dirty filthy habit i'm glad i don't have it any longer but uh it caused me some uh physical problems i'm i've been diagnosed with a, a lung a little lung uh problem that was caused by smoking and i uh urge people who smoke to quit smoking because in your later life you're going to have some problems from it Absolutely. You have uh, also approached the, the subject of wholesome foods, stem cell research, different laws. The ones that uh, caught my attention was one that's uh, termed or is, is headed up as barbaric laws. That might be something that's unique. What is there in there that uh, is going to maybe uh, get the attention of the, the, the reader? Well, in uh, Islam, uh, some of the Islamic countries, there's a law of if you steal something, they cut off your hand. And I, I believe that's one of the barbaric laws that mm. uh, is mentioned in the book. That is a startling cultural thing that uh, goes on in Islamic uh, countries, for sure. The book itself, uh, because there's so much in here, you also have talked about the parables and the God of Existence station, the Jehovah station, the Yahweh station. Are those all the same, or are they a vision or a an interpretation of something that matches uh, the general consensus of what and who God is? Well, I, like I say, I got my knowledge through uh, hearing the voice 
dictate the book to me. And uh, the different stations are like different hats that God wears. And all of these stations are contained in the God of Existence station. And uh, God is many things, many infinite things that uh, we'll discover some of them as we go along throughout eternity. But uh, for now, uh, there's very little that we know, maybe nine or ten different stations. Is there anything about eternity, you've mentioned that, is there anything that the human can do to um, make a, the journey into, uh, at least in the Judeo-Christian concept of heaven, is that something that is is also discussed in your book? Yes, it is. Uh, heaven is, is a condition of the soul, which I believe happens when you seek out your Creator. You become happy, and uh, you... Uh, eat the fruit, the spiritual fruits, and, and it nourishes your soul. And heaven is not a, a place or anything. It's just a condition that you live in. And when when you're here, you can be in heaven here. If you're uh, seeking God and, and you're happy and you're a spiritual being. Your book is, I think, different from most other books in the marketplace. Uh, what do you hope to achieve by sharing this journey with the reader? Well, the only thing I hope to achieve is to cause some people to seek out their creator and find out the purpose of existence for themselves. Because don't believe me, seek out your creator and find out your purpose for yourself. Has this led to a follow-up book at this point, or is that something that may be reserved for the future? That's up to God. Uh, I... I don't have any uh, plans for a future follow-up book. If, if God has plans for it himself, then he'll put the book in me and let me write it and, and publish it. Well, thank you for taking time to share your story and your journey and the introduction to this book, which is titled The Gospel of the God of Existence. My guest author, Althamus Joseph Delahousse the third who has joined me. And, sir, where can my listeners get a copy of this book should they wish to investigate further? can get one through Author House. Uh, they can, uh, or there's a website, uh, Uh You can go through there and get a copy of the book also. Okay, uh, you can also get the book on Amazon. It's uh, Altimus, A-L-T-H-E-M-U-S, D-E-L-A-H-O-U-S-S-A-Y-E dot com. Thank you, Altimus, for joining me today and sharing your story. And uh, we may hear from you in the future. Again, the book is titled The Gospel of the God of Existence. On the back of the cover, it uh, basically recaps it this way. The book is about existence and the purpose for which human beings were created. The book gives us the purpose of being in this and I agree with you, little world. Thank you, sir, for joining me today, today and sharing your story. Uh, thank you. For Author Talk and Author House, this is J. Douglas Barker. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts, back in a moment. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcasts. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching to military resources to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com. Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts...
Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is intriguing and obviously a faith-based book titled Jesus is a Never-Ending Story. And joining me is the author, M. M. Varnado. Evangelist Varnado, thank you for joining me today. You're very welcome. Your book is uh, over 200 pages. Uh, it is unique from, uh, maybe not unique, but uh, it, it certainly is focused on one element of uh, Christianity and your personal faith. Your book really is dealing with your encounter and your journey as a Christian, as a born-again believer, and also the the topic of the infilling or the filling of the Holy Spirit, which is uh, certainly an, an interesting topic just in its own right. How did you come to write this book? What motivated you to do so? Well, in a short summary, this book was in the making long before my existence. My writing it was planned by God for my life. I will say, in the year of 1980, I accepted the Lord Jesus into my life, and through the years of attending church services, I had endured a lot of hurt and discomfort from certain ones there because of the fact I had never experienced the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I was very uncomfortable for years until one day, as I was reading my Bible, in the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 24, the Lord revealed these words to me. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So, by faith, I believed I had the Holy Ghost alone and found comfort in that particular Bible verse, and I held on to it for many years. In August of 1999, approximately 19 years, one Sunday night, I heard in my spirit, start Bible class again and teach. I first thought it was my own idea because I had never taught a group Bible class. I participated in many, but never taught. That being said, because I never had spoken in other tongues, I refused to teach and had no confidence to teach the Word of God in a class setting. A few days later, As that idea lingered in my mind, I went about and found a preacher whom I was familiar with to teach in my place. The preacher had an assistant, and I invited two elder sisters from my previous church that I knew had the gift to speak in other tongues. Little did I know I was walking in a state of disobedience. Once everyone had gathered together for the Friday night Bible class, the preacher delivered an awesome sermon entitled Living in the Last Days, which he connected to the event with the days of Noah when he built the ark and when the great flood had came. He taught us in those days eight people were saved and He related it to water baptism. His message was so powerful, and everyone was very happy and received the word of the Lord with all gladness of heart, similar to the days that the book of Acts described. That night, there were four people in our Bible class who repented of their sins, accepted the Lord Jesus, and was water baptized in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of sins. It was an exciting night in the Lord for everyone. The next Friday night, the preacher came with another good message. After he finished his sermon, his assistant had us to form a circle. At that time, he was ready to lay hands for everyone to receive the Holy Ghost, with the evidence to speak in other tongues. Before he laid his hands on us, he began to 
say lots of harsh things that would happen to us if we did not speak in other tongues. Everybody was quiet. He asked three young ladies, Do you have the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? One of them said yes, and the other two said no. He finally came to me and asked the same question. I replied, I believe I have the Holy Ghost, but I have never spoken in other tongues. What I said that for because he said to me, you're deceiving yourself. You need to speak in other tongues. Otherwise, you have no evidence of having the Holy Ghost. At that point, he tried to give me an example about a baby crying, which I did not understand what he was talking about. So, thinking it was the truth, I humbled myself for him to lay hand on me, but no other tongues came forth. That went on for several weeks after every sermon. The assistant minister would tell us, the same things about the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. Until they departed from the group, we saw them no more. It was during this season the preachers were gone, and the Lord revealed to me it was him who spoke to me in my heart and told me to start Bible class again and teach. I had no choice but to repent and teach. The Lord caused me to see I was in the same path as Jonah the prophet, the one who was in the whale's belly. I was walking in a state of disobedience like Jonah. I had to do what the Lord commanded me to do with no exceptions. The Lord's presence was so clear to me, I began to seek him on my own and to walk in my calling still looking for the two elder sisters to help, the ones I had invited in the beginning. There were times I asked them to teach in my absence and later discovered by the Holy Spirit they were trying to teach us the same thing the male preachers concerning the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, which I could not comprehend was the truth. This was a very tough time in my life. There was one time I truly thought about giving up because I knew other tongues came as the Spirit gave the utterance and not by my own utterance. I didn't know what to think, say, or do until I got rebuked by one of my biological sisters we call Al. It was then I realized I had to count on Jesus to help me through this situation. Holding on to the Lord's hand for him to help me maintain my composition and also stay focused on what he was doing and about to do in my life. As I end this question, how do I How did I come to write this book, and what was my motivation? On January 11th in the year 2000, in the early morning hours, the Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost, showed me white images in the bodily shape of doves. Yes, later as I searched the scriptures, my understanding was supernaturally opened. The Lord revealed He showed me his Holy Spirit power in the bodily shape of doves and that John the Baptist and Jesus Christ are the only two men in the entire Bible who saw the Holy Ghost descend in the bodily shape of doves. Since the white dove vision, the Lord has orchestrated and unfolded multiple miraculous miracles in my life that I must share. I'll say, without a shadow of a doubt, Jesus the Christ motivated me to write about him and share with the whole world the great things he has done in my life and is doing 
in this day and age. Would you that, would you say that your book is uh, autobiographical in its style? I mean, is this uh, a teaching book or is it a a reference book for people who uh, who already have a, a a foundation of faith of any type? I would say both. I would say both. And who does it appeal to then? Uh, when you wrote this, finished it, how did you uh, feel it would be accepted? Who did you want to read this? The book is designed to appeal to all walks of life. Anyone, believers and non-believers, who have an ear to hear earthly stories and heavenly endings. Why? To read and learn outside of the Bible days another witness account about the power of God through Jesus that is being made public, released in the world today. Now, as an evangelist, uh, your motivation is to get the gospel to uh, people who have not heard and maybe some that have heard. What do you want the reader to take away from this? What are they going to find inside this book that may be unique? The one thing to learn is that Jesus Christ is alive and well. I want them to take away the Word of God, and that is, always remember John 3.17. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And John 14.26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, as those you, are the yes. As as you began to to write the book and uh, share its contents, did you put a lot of pers- I, I'm I'm guessing, and uh, of course I know you put a lot of personal uh, responses in there, a lot of personal stories. Is there any one story that you feel the reader is going to really focus on and feel inspired by? Yes, uh, the scene would would be like, picture yourself with just a little bit of faith in God. He will show up and show himself to be strong and mighty. He will meet you right where you are in your situation. When he shows up in your life, he will complete what he started and won't stop moving until he's done. Many times when I thought one miracle was over, there came another portion and another to complete what he was making known to me. Once it was plain and clear, I would be so excited and ready to go and tell somebody somewhere. Then over a period of time, the Lord would start building another new supernatural Holy Ghost encounter. Also in chapter 5, start Bible class again and teach. It includes the testimony about a young man named Mr. Will. He was a man seeking spiritual help and was condemned during the Bible class for not speaking in other tongues by the assistant minister. In Mr. Will's great rejection, God used him to speak the words of Jesus Christ when Jesus said, There shall come false prophets and false teachers. So between the Lord Jesus showing up on the spot, Jesus used the young man called Mr. Will, my sister Al, as well as my own spiritual personal experiences, and then he thrust me into my rightful position in God. The Lord has filled me with countless Holy Spirit visitations that often keep me laughing, leaping, and jumping for joy in my spirit. Uh, You have been an evangelist and a teacher for a number of years. It sounds as though you haven't lost your enthusiasm or your, your drive and ambition. What is different about this book? There are a lot of books in the marketplace that deal with spiritual encounters and uh, even deal with the topic of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What is different about your book, do you think? Well, I would say the book is amazing, and it's filled with genuine Holy Spirit encounters ordained by God, straight from His throne. 
He has done great things in my life, and I have to, and I want to tell the world about his doings. What was the most challenging part of this in writing it and sharing it? Did you uh, work from an outline? Did you work from uh, just uh, inspiration? How did you begin writing this book, and how long did it take to complete? Well, I began to write this book really in the year of 2000. Um, I didn't realize it was a book until the encounters began to just happen one behind the other. But to tell of anything that is unlike my book opposed to any others, I'm not too familiar with a lot of other books, but I can say with confidence this book has proof most books tell the story. This book, this book can show you what I'm conveying in certain instances, instances rather, outside of copyright laws. It's designed to show and tell. Thank you very much for joining me today. Again, the title of the book is Jesus is a Never-Ending Story. And my guest author who has joined me from Louisiana near Houston, Texas, is author M. M. Barnado. Uh, Evangelist Barnado, where can my listeners get a copy of your book? Uh, they can go online to Amazon, uh, also uh, Barnes & Noble. Very good. And they can do a search under your name, V-A-R-N-A-D-O, the last name, and the uh, first two initials, M. M. Bernardo, and find this book if they go to their local bookseller, and also they can request it by name. Jesus is a never-ending story. That's an inspirational title, and thank you for sharing that with us today. We hope to hear from you in the future. I think that uh, you are enthusiastic and certainly uh, motivated to share the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ and also the infilling of the Holy Spirit, as you have outlined in this book. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're very welcome. Pleasure visiting with you for Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts. Back in a moment. It's words you never heard. Did you hear about Wesley, the golden retriever puppy from Michigan that was fitted with braces? Before you think this is a bonafide insanity, Wesley was born with teeth that were so crooked he couldn't shut his mouth all the way. This was affecting his ability to eat properly. So his owners took him to the Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions, where a doggy orthodontist prescribed him a set of braces. And now, pictures of Wesley smiling with his bright, shiny braces have been circling the Internet. With all that metal wrapped around their teeth, some would think that most dogs would become bruxomaniacs, but not Wesley. He doesn't mind the braces at all and is now able to eat his food with gusto. A bruxomaniac is someone with an uncontrollable urge to grind their teeth. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts... Greetings for Author House and Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is Intriguing, The Journey of a Catholic. Well, who hasn't uh, wondered about that journey? And my author who joins me from Ontario, Canada, is author Madhu Kakal. Thank you, sir, for joining me today. Uh, thank you very much, Jay. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Uh, well, I just want to start up uh, before, you know, what led me to write this uh, book is, uh, uh, well, this book is about the personal testimony which I had in the walk with, uh, uh, in the Holy Spirit, with the uh, Lord Jesus in my faith. But before that, starting how um, it led me to this way and the change in my life, I just want to start off because I had a normal upbringing. I studied at a Catholic school, boarding school uh, run by Jesuits. And um, everything was normal, but when I, as I grew up as a teenager, I hated the church, the um, 
the priest, the everything uh, regarding the church, and uh, I left the church for a while. Mm. But then what happened, uh, the change came through my parents, uh, because as I said, uh, my family, they are also Catholics, um, you know, our forefathers, which go all the way to um, the Apostle Thomas, who came to our state and changed, um, God, you know, to spread the gospel at that time, who was a direct disciple of uh, Jesus. Mm. So that's where my background comes from. But through the uh, down the history, then uh, till my parents, my dad, uh, at one point, he left the church, faith and everything, and moved out. And um, my mother was very stressed, and, uh, you know, she had a lot of issues in our family also. So that led me also out of the church. But then eventually what happened, uh, my parents reconciled, and uh, uh, my dad came to believe in Lord Jesus more powerfully and uh, with the power of Holy Spirit. And it, that intrigued me, that surprised me. Because mm. I thought, uh, you know, Lord, uh, the Jesus who I just read in the book and Bible, that's it, a historic person, but not nothing more than that. Uh, but uh, that led me to investigate about what's happened. And um, that's where in one of my f- uh, the first chapters, I tell about um, the place where they went, uh, the retreat, where it's it amazed me when I went there, there's like um, average weekly, there's like 40,000 people gathering in that um, uh, the huge uh, place with uh, around 10 to 12 different languages and they preach the gospel they teach they have holy mass and everything so that's where it all started now so it, i was l- l- let me ask you this question now was that a sure. catholic gathering specifically or was it uh, more of a trans or multi-denominational gathering and where did it take place what uh, what country Oh, it was in India uh, and uh, from the state of Kerala. Uh, that's where I belong, uh, and uh, that's where this place. It's called the Divine Retreat Center. That's where uh, every week around uh, uh, around thirty to forty thousand people gather. And the amazing wow. part is they stay. They stay there. They have food. They stay in the dorms, rooms, and as families, as groups, they come from all over the country, even international. So they have around 10, 12 languages. And uh, the amazing thing is that um, it's all organized by the, the Catholic priests, but even uh, like different religions, Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, like, you know, the Buddh- different, lang- you know, different religious people also come there. And uh, But it's basically Catholic-based. And then, um, you know, they teach th- from the Bible. They have Holy Mass. They have every, you know, it's uh, under the church, uh, under, uh, from the Rome, you know, under the Pope. So everything what the church teaches, they teach us, but uh, uh, everyone joins, and it's world famous right now. They have uh, hmm. their um, retreat centers all over the world. Uh, there is one in the U.S., there is one in Canada, Australia, I believe, Europe. So they have all over the world, too, now, right now. You talk of one uh, specific incident or one specific encounter that you had that was a spiritual encounter that is not traditional with the Catholic Church, I don't believe, at least not from my perspective or understanding of the Catholic faith. Uh, is this uh, something that is common in this uh, this retreat? Um uh, sorry, if you could be more specific about well, I was yeah the the, the uh, area that I I think is interesting is that you mention what is some uh, refer to as the infilling of the Holy Spirit as a special spiritual extension of your faith. Is that something mm-hmm. that is uh, is found commonly in in this uh, this retreat? Uh, yes, it is. Um, uh, I will say if uh, it, well, actually I went there. To test the like, you know, to test uh, uh, the Lord, to test the faith, to test the church. What's happening there? You know, I followed my dad's footsteps. I was very skeptic about everything, and then actually at one point, I, um, you know, I was there at the retreat and I didn't like it, and I came out. But uh, on the uh, on the first part of the book, I say that when I was leaving on my way to catch the bus, there were uh, burgers sitting on the street begging, and they are the ones who led me to the retreat, back to the retreat again. Hmm. So I think uh, you know God worked there mysteriously in my life uh, through the burgers. 
you know, and uh, I'm grateful for that. And uh, when I was led back, you know, uh, they have a system which they follow. And uh, basically what it is that, um, you know, you listen to the word of God, you believe in the word of God, and then you accept Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And, um, you know, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's the surprising thing is that not only me as a Catholic, but I've seen Hindus, Muslims, they all were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then um, they didn't baptize, they didn't change their lifestyle at that time, but they were all infilled with the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit. And I think uh, that is the most important part of a Christian life, because, you know, see, what says in the Bible, even what says uh, Jesus says in the teachings about, uh, you know, the Beatitudes, it's hard to follow as a regular person. It's hard, you know, uh, think, you know, uh, where he's telling that you show one cheek when he, you know, someone hits you on the other cheek, or go with someone to, to you know, an extra mile, or lend and not ask for anything back. And then, you know, to do a service like that as a normal human being, it's hard. But you need the help of the Holy Spirit for that. You know, Holy Spirit, I believe, is the most powerful, uh, you know, uh, as, uh, you know, part of the Trinity that uh, infills us and um, gives us strength to live everyday life. Because as humans, we fail. We fail in the family. We fail in our relations at workplace, um, husband-wife relations with the children. So we fail. We fail. When we fail, instead of, you know, sitting in that pit and crying and walking away, you know, the Holy Spirit gives us the strength and power to enfill us again, you know, give us the strength as of the prodigal son, you know, got up back, came to his senses and came back to his father. The same way the Holy Spirit gives us the courage. That's why he's a counselor. He counsels us. And that's why he's uh, the lover. You know, he fills us with the love of the Holy Spirit so that we could love our um, for our spouse or our children in whatever shortcomings they are. You know, we fail, but again, we get up, we walk in our life as a Christian. Well, the way you've described it in your book is uh, New Testament times in the uh, current, uh, current world, uh, in, in 2019, 2020, whenever whenever this uh, will be, be heard. You uh, talk about some things, uh, some uh, evidences of this infilling and the blessings of the Holy Spirit that are maybe not mainstream by some people's standards. You talk about miracles. Some people think miracles are over with, that, that it doesn't happen anymore. But you you have seen uh, healings and other things in your personal life through your prayers. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. See, even for myself, when at that age, I, I still remember I was 23 at the time. You know, when I went, I was very skeptic. I was, like, looking for miracles. I was like, you know, is it true? What's happening? And then I still remember at that time, I, I got sick at that place. And then I was, like, so with high fever. And they wanted to take me to the hospital. But I refused to, the, to go to the hospital. I said, if Lord is true, if he's still uh, healing God, let him heal me. And then I will believe, you know, that's the, that's the attitude I had at that time. And then to my surprise, there was uh, to next uh, to my room, uh, there was a doctor who came for this retreat too, and he was a cardiologist, and he was a famous cardiologist, you know, from India who came for this retreat, and um, you know, he came for his own problem, heart problems, you know, hmm. well, so that was amazing. And then I told him, okay, let's let's see what. So I was talking to this doctor, and I told, you know, if there's a he, you know, healing place, or if the Lord heals us, let's see and let's testify that. And he said, yes, for sure, we'll do that. And then he checked me, and then he gave me the doctor's note and everything, and he told me to go to the hospital. I said, no, I refuse, and I want to see what is the truth, because I was like, you know, I was like the, the doubting Thomas at that time. I, was, I wanted to text and know that Lord is true. And then, uh, you know, on one of the retreat sessions, one, one day, I still remember on Wednesday, when, uh, you know, the, the retreat was going on, I was completely healed. You know, from my sickness, from my fever and everything, like right out like that. Amazing. And then uh, the next day when I uh, spoke with the, the doctor, he said he also got uh, touched from the Lord and uh, he feel his heartbeat and everything is normal. So that was like, you know, it's not only just what I felt at that time, but it was like backed up by the medical doctor. So that's how, you know, the true 
the healing which happened at that time and still to this day it goes on that's amazing so, what's well, ama- yeah, amazing it's amazing story yes absolutely and you have 60 pages which is not a long read but uh why did you feel you wanted to share your story i mean what what motivated you to do so uh see uh the funny thing is that like i came to the lord in uh 1998 and for 10 years, you know, I, you know, I believed in him, I worked, you know, he worked with me through my life and um, uh, in my family, and he helped me with the Bible, you know, like, so I was walking in the spirit, but then uh, in uh, 2005, which is one of the favorite part, in, you know, for me, which I wrote, uh, when I lost my uh, twin babies. You know, that was one of the toughest time in my life, hmm. uh, in our family, with, you know, it was very hard for us. And then uh, uh, one day in, um, like, you know, in 2007, uh, I was going through this uh, depression and anxiety and pressure of that day. I was dreaded for that day when uh, they were gone, uh, my children were gone. And then, um, you know, I felt an audible voice talking to me, saying that, uh, you know, uh, that I felt that was like God the Father's uh, voice speaking to me, and then at that time I was completely healed of my uh, all the anxiety, depression, psychological problems, and He said, you know, you had to write this down. I healed you. I changed you. You know, you are my son. You are my beloved. Mm. You know, that's where I decided. You know, Lord, okay, I will write because. Uh, you know, I felt that uh, I still remember in our community there were people who was losing their spouses, children, and some of them goes into depression and anxiety, and then these pills doesn't help because it's it's more than just physical problem. It was like deep spiritual wounds they have, yes. and then uh, you know. Uh, like how I got healed, I want also other people to experience the same power and healing uh, power of God. When especially when we lose someone in uh, forever, you know. Uh, so that's when I decided. Uh, Lord told me to put jot those things down in the book, and then I started writing those things with um, the chapter called Abba Father, where the conversation with the Heavenly Father happens, and then that's that's the first chapter actually I wrote. Then, you know, it led me to the other chapters, which I, you know, started with my uh, personal testimony, how I came to the Lord, and the rest of the chapters. Would you call your book a testimonial a recounting of your walk of faith? Uh, would that be the best way to describe it? I believe, I believe. I mean, uh, you know, like, um, I just, uh, like, this, uh, um, the title came out of the blue, but actually... I have other people, not only Catholics, but others who have read it, and uh, they had great experiences. I have um, amazing uh, uh, reviews on this. Uh, even the people who left the faith, you know, uh, one of my friends here, a publisher, he read the book, and he was amazed, and he wanted to, you know, spread this. Um, so so it's not only just for the Catholics, but also there are, uh, t- you know, in places where I tell about uh, the financial burdens when I had in my family and how I overcame with uh, the faith and courage and uh, with the help of uh, biblical verses were, you know, which strengthened me. When I lost my job at one point, I still remember in 2008 when we had the, dep- the Great Depression at that time, I lost my job and, you know, and uh, at that time, Lord helped me, you know, my walk through my walk um, also you know one of my favorite uh, bible passages is from the psalms uh, 23 then um, the protection of my family i still remember one day uh, like i had uh, written that in the book that uh, when we were driving back home uh, you know in a uh, uh, in an area hilly area where um, suddenly the flood came and uh, our car was almost almost washed out, mm. and that's where um, you know me and my daughter. She was only uh, three at that time, you know. And the driver who was driving us was scared to death. You know, he couldn't move. He was froze. I said, "Don't stop. Still, you know, don't stop the car. Go ahead, go ahead." Right. And then I started praying, praising God, and you know, saying Psalms 91. 
and then uh, suddenly the water starts going low and then we you know go to a like a higher place so those kind of experiences um, i believe uh, that's why uh, as a catholic uh, even though i didn't practice for the longest time then i changed my life and came back to the lord and it's through the catholic church uh, church i came but then for part of this book it's for anyone who want to believe anyone to have the faith in the lord anyone who want to rediscover themselves so it's all goes for um, anyone who want to read and uh, have a renewed faith beautifully done the uh, the book the style also is conversational it's not just heavy teaching it it really is your personal journey and it's uh, well done it's uh, very very intriguing the different uh, parts of the book uh, your journey to dubai and and other parts of the world and how your faith uh, sustained you and motivated you and has kept you the title of the book again is the journey of a catholic and my author madu dukal has joined me from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And, sir, tell me a little about uh, how we can get a copy of your book. Uh, yes, you could order. Um, well, I have a website called uh, the www.thejourneyofacatholic.com. So if you go into that, uh, you will see a brief um, uh, overview of the book and how you know it allowed me to write. And also you could order through Amazon.com. You just have to, sometimes you may have to put uh, Marikekel rather than the journey of a Catholic and it will pop up right out. And then uh, through AuthorHouse.com, through Barnes & Nobles, and also um, if you, uh, you could get it through the Google. Um, And uh, just one more thing I want to uh, well, if you have a minute, I Absolutely. want to talk about the cover of the book. It's like, uh, you know, on the cover, it shows a dad and a son walking. So I believe in everyone's life that is, you know, and he's walking into the woods. It's like we don't know what's happening ahead or what's going to happen the next moment, the next day. You know, what's our life uh, challenges, life ups and downs going to be. But I think when we have that, um, you know, as that child holding to the dad and dad holding to the child, you know, that faith we have in our God Almighty, when we have that, um, uh, such a, uh, uh, the word which I want to use, such a uh, hard, um, you know, diehard faith if you have in the Lord, and then, you know, any challenges, anything which comes up, you could walk with the God, you know, cross that um, the Red Sea or the Jordan River with a split of your feet. Well, thank you, Joseph, for sharing that inspirational insight into your book, the title of which, again, is The Journey of a Catholic. Maddox Kukal has been my guest, and let me spell that if you're doing a search under that author name, M-A-D-U-K-K-A-K-A-L. A little bit complicated and difficult to uh, to pronounce for uh, us guys who uh, were not born in India, perhaps. But uh, the journey of a Catholic will find it if you do a search, and your local bookseller can also order it in. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Joseph, for joining me today and sharing your story. Thank you very much, Jay. Great talking with you. And uh, it was an amazing interview. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you again. For Author House and Author Talk, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Join us again for Christian Living That Counts.